Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Drunken Car Review. We got a, a uh, bit of an interesting show for you because we've got a car you probably will not be able to afford and I will never be buying either. We also have news about the recent one point something odd trillion dollar spending bill that is, I'm sure, going to be very useful to the universe, and uh, as well as some more information on the chip shortage situation and how it might not be as old doom and gloom as everybody predicts it to be. It's still bad, granted, but might be some light at the end of the tunnel. So anyways, let's get on with the first car review, shall we? Or rather, my first impressions, because this is a 2022 model recently announced by Lexus. Now, it's not exactly a secret to anyone who knows me that I do not care for Lexuses. Mostly, I do not care for the front ends of their car. I'm not a huge fan of the gigantic-ass huge front end with the hourglass-shaped grille. To me, it looks both gaudy and, well, like shit. But the fact is, I didn't think it could get any worse. But recently, Lexus announced a car called the LX600. This is a new iteration, kind of similar to the build to their uh, Land Cruiser chassis that's going to be built around the Europe and that. But this car is obviously a luxury car, an extremely luxury car. We'll get into that a bit. But first, the exterior of this car, because it is hard to miss. Now, the frog of the front end of their fancy F-Sport package doesn't look bad. But the normal package, oh my god almighty, that thing looks like a pile of shite. And the fact is, is that this thing has humongous, basically just big bars running across that hour's lake grass-shaped grill, going from the top of the hood all the way down to the bottom. It looks gaudy as hell. I swear to god, I have not seen anything this in your face and just sheer weird looking and ugly. I don't know, on any car in a long time. It is, it is by far the weirdest front end, and it's sad because the fact is the uh, overall look of the car on the sides and the top and the rear, everything else, it's not bad. It's just the goddamn grill looks like shit. I'm not sure who's designing these things from Lexus or what possesses them to continue on with this grill design, but my god almighty, it is the gaudiest thing I've ever seen. But that aside, as far as power ratings go, this thing has some 400-odd horsepower and some, again, 470-something-odd pounds of torque. Decent amount of power with a decent... 10-speed transmission. So overall, power ratings on the car are pretty good. But that's not why you buy a Lexus. It's got all the fancy trimmings of the, for example, Land Cruiser package, like the horsepower and the fancy transmissions. Even the rock crawling systems and even the off-roading packages are all in it. Not that you're going to be doing that on 22-inch tires, because you're, well, you're not going to tires won't last that long anyways. No, these are going to be little mall crawlers, basically, if you're going to have that in crawling mode at all. And the big factor of this is its interior. Now, again, it is by far the weirdest interior again. It's, it's got some weird features. The touchscreen on the thing literally just looks like an iPad stuck to the front of the, the, basically the dash of the car with a, I don't know, a 
piece of that 3M tape. It looks weird as all hell. Now, like, the Tesla one just looks like it's kind of mounted weird. It's kind of stuffed on there. But this literally just looks like an iPad put onto the dash. It is weird. It's, it's a weird design. There's no way around it. But overall, the interior, it, it is, it's, it's not... It's not a, it's not, I don't know, it's not impressive, let's just say that. It's a good looking interior, I guess, other than the funky ass iPad system. It's got a lot of cool features, like for example, it can take pictures of the surrounding view of your car and give you almost like a 3D layout of what's around you and, well, help you back up and do all the good stuff. But that's not what I came here to really talk about this car about, because what is the big feature on this car? It is not the wonky ass radio system, nor is it the weird ass front end. No, it is the second row seating. This is a two row SUV, and by God, it is the most luxurious second row I've ever seen in my life. Literally, if you are on the passenger side of the car, which is you're gonna to wanna to sit, because if there's no front end driver, you don't wanna get in the front passenger seat, that's bullshit. Because you can roll that thing forward and the back end slides down and it literally has a freaking footrest in it. Yes, the back seat, the front, the front passenger seat has a footrest in the back of it so you can recline back to 48 degrees and have literally a footrest in your car and be reclining back. Plus you have literally touchscreen controls and the center dash, like literally as a passenger. It is by far the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And every feature available basically on the front row was available back there as well. It's got the fancy massaging sheets, it's got the heated cool everything. It is by far the most luxurious rear in seating I have ever seen in my life. And this is coming from a car literally that also has uh, the drivers. Oh, that center console's only got a cooler in it as well. It's got a lot of features, let's just say that. Overall, I don't know the price of the car yet, so we can't say whether it's a good deal, but based on Lexus in the past, it's not exactly your... It's usually expensive, but not like it's a top luxury. It's not no Mercedes prices there. So overall, I'm kind of... I can't say I'm looking forward to it because it's butt-ass ugly, but I cannot deny that the interior on this thing is the most luxurious thing to ever hit the market. Even more luxurious than even some of the Lincoln options and Cadillac options and everything else. Anyways, on with a little bit of news, shall we? Overall, I forgot to say this, but that uh, car rating. Anyways, so uh, review, shall we? Let's go uh, to some news. I got I'm losing my mind. Anyways, news. Yes, news, news. So the one point something actually that our spending bill recently is well, probably going to get passed soon. I doubt that uh, Biden Biden's going to suddenly veto that bill. But the fact is, is this is coming through, and there's one big piece of legislation. Now, all this is for infrastructure, so they say. I'm sure that $1 trillion will really fix up a zillion and odd potholes around the United States, or even just up one million sitting in Wisconsin alone. But that being said, that's not what I came to talk to you about. What I came to talk to you about is a recent referendum in this little bill, kind of stuffed in there secretly to get it through. There is going to be a measure passed that by the next, well, what is it, when this passed in 26, so 27, 28, I think it is, 2028, they're going to be having a law that requires a DUI system in all cars. Now, what does this mean? Are we going to have to blow breathalyzers in our car to get them started? I don't think so. I think it's going to be more of the group pushing for a monitoring system to keep sure people are kind of on the road. Now, this has its advantages because DUIs and drunk drivers kill a lot of people every year. But the big problem I have with it is um, some people are not the most straight-line drivers. And you may end up getting this thing setting off this little DUI system in this thing quite often. Now, maybe that means you shouldn't be on the road, but nevertheless, there's some there's some give and take on either side. Overall, is it probably the worst thing in the universe? 
Probably not. As we go more to autonomous, I can kind of see the advantages. And if you can save more lives and I can still do what I want with the car, I really don't care. As long as this thing ain't pulling me over every time I go five miles over the speed limit, I should be able to be free to do what I want with that vehicle. Now then again, if it is some overprotective system where, God forbid, you go six miles over the limit, then yes, there's going to be some problems I have with that DUI system. But all that being said, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It's not like we're talking about breathalyzer systems in cars and if we ever go to that, my God, I'm gonna go insane. We're probably just talking about monitoring systems, which cars already have an extreme amount of monitoring in cars already, so I mean, it's not like it's changing that much. I think it's just more if the car senses that you're suddenly weaving all over the place like a goddamn maniac, it's probably gonna say, all right, you've had enough and pull your ass over. Is that probably the worst thing in the world? Maybe not, but I could see where some people would probably complain it could be a little overprotective. Anyways, let's get on to a little bit of chip news, shall we? Because we always need to cover that kind of bullshit, don't we? Chip news. There's actually been some light at the end of the tunnel. Now, don't get me wrong, there's still going to be probably problems for another year to come. But recently, the overall storage or fallback, I don't know what it's called, the fallback inventory, the behind, basically... Car manufacturers up until about a month ago were almost 100, 100, 200 something odd cars behind on production. This has actually gone up recently to, uh, or down I should rather say, to around a actual decent 14,000 or something. Actually less than that I think. The car numbers for production have actually been increasing rather drastically and car companies have actually begun catching up on a lot of the orders that they've been falling behind on. Which is actually good news because we might actually begin to see some dealers get lots actually get some vehicles on them, hopefully. Now we can't say 100% for certain and we can't say that this whole, well, ridiculous pricing thing, gouging and all that crap is not going to continue on for another year because at the end of the day they still need to catch up and then try to refresh their inventories and there's no way that this chip shortage has ever been resolved anytime soon. But it kind of shows that while manufacturers are struggling, they are kind of getting their shit together, especially GM hopefully. And uh, maybe we might see some light at the end of the tunnel with this uh, whole chip referendum bullshit. Anyways, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed my ramblings and rants. I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful night. If you like this crazy insanity, like and subscribe, write a review on Apple Podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, again, have a great day and a wonderful night. Goodbye.